are climbing up the standings and appear to be more structured with a good goalie back there. Now what do we talk about? I mean, there's no complaining or bitching to do. Well, I will find something. We're available at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. You can text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. We're at Twitter at Low Tide and Declan Kruger. Our guest, Steve Lansky, Tyler Gramchuk, and Declan takes the floor and does declinations today as well. What What's the subject matter in declinations, or are you just making it up as you go along? No, I actually wrote it down and everything, thought about it beforehand, did the whole nine yards. So we're going to be doing the top five comebacks in sports history, oh, according okay. to me. According to me. Looking forward to it. So do you mean like playoffs, or do you mean like a team that was down and then comes back? There's gonna be a there's gonna be a little bit of a mix, but it is going to be game related. It's not. Uh, I think I'm gonna do a separate one down the line for player career comebacks, but this one is going. They to be are game. who we thought they were. Yes, this one is going to be game or series related. All right. Okay. By the way, I think we should do this now because if we don't, there'll be haranguing and gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands and God knows what else. And I don't want to be responsible. Uh, there's already enough pressure on healthcare. So you predicted the Oilers would win 3-1 last night, and ta-da, they did. I did. I did. What can I say? I mean, looked in the crystal ball. Dexter Domus came out. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to take all the credit. I don't don't want to say I was the rallying cry the boys needed to get that final score, but... Do you do... Yeah, got it. Do you do, like... First one all season. I think Nostradamus is the guy who did quatrains. He he called it, instead of chapters, they were like... Was that him? That was him. Yeah. All right. So maybe so you can know. do that. Not a big deal, I guess. Like maybe I'm a bit of an insider now. I don't know. They want to start throwing some news my way for me to break. Clearly I know the game, so you know, whatever. Not a big deal. I'm you're, not worried about it. you the title of your autobiography should be zero to ninety in eleven seconds. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. I like that. <laughs> and that's on foot. Um <laughs> yeah, that's okay. in parentheses on the on the cover. <laughs> well, the good thing is we got through the opening segment without insulting anybody. And that, like, that's the first time this week. Well, we're only two and a half minutes in. There's plenty of time left well, in the open. But this segment. is where I ramble, and usually that just is rambling. So, uh, the three-one prediction by our friend Declan came true. The main factor is McDavid's return to health. The defense is settling in. A uh, major part of that is Ekholm is back and looking like Ekholm more and more every game. Stuart Skinner going well. Nine twenty-one save percentage at five-on-five five in his last four games. You will not hear a good word about Stuart Skinner because. That's not there yet for fans. But I'm going to tell you a little thing that happens to goaltenders when teams are really hideous in front of them. Their numbers get so bad, it takes a month of Sundays and then a little bit to get good again. Stuart Skinner's a good goaltender. He's a good NHL goaltender. I'd say he's in the top 15. I think that's fair. Top 20 at worst. But he did not have a good start. He had a great year last year as a rookie. He's the real deal. Got away from it a little bit. The whole team was just ass, but now they're back. And so is Stuart Skinner. So I know a lot of people online who like to be experts are going to continue the verbal on Stuart Skinner. But you, as a discerning fan, just watch him play. He's consistent. The goals, the two goals late that were scored the other night by Vegas were one was completely unseeable and the other uh, somebody went walkabout. Uh, instead of actually playing hockey, so uh, one of his one of his helpers. So 
the Edmonton Oilers have a goaltender. They need another one. And we're going to talk about Sam Montembeau. Is it Montembeau? How do you pronounce it? I say Montembeau. Okay. And as we've decided, I'm, I'm a league insider now. Sure, so sure. So yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's right. Sam Montembeau signed, and for those who wanted him traded to Edmonton, where is your God now? I ask you. And don't think Jake Allen because I suspect he doesn't. He's got a part of a no trade. I think you know the Canadian teams are out. I Daniel Vladar. The Flames made a trade yesterday. They're dealing off people. Go get Daniel Vladar. It's Vladar thing to do. That didn't work, but I went with it anyway, and I am not sorry. Okay, so McDavid's return, Ekholm's return, defense looking tighter, Stuart Skinner. In the four games where Skinner was 921 save percentage, five on five, every defenseman is over 50% in goal share. 10 of the 13 forwards are over 50%. This is not just one thing. This is a lot of things. The penalty kill has been money since the coaching change. And I just want to I just want to linger here for a second and just put an asterisk behind when I talk about all the good things that have happened since the coaching change. Regression flattens good coaches. Jay Woodcroft is an example. That shouldn't alter our view of Chris Knobloch, who has also done well and is a good coach. Do not be surprised in the coming years if Jay Woodcroft gets a job, does well in the job, and wins a Stanley Cup, possibly before the Edmonton Oilers do. He's a very good coach. He's young. He has no gray hair yet. How in hell is that possible? Well, maybe he does after the way this season started. I tweeted out earlier today, friend of the show, well, friend of me, I don't know if he likes the show or not, I'm not sure if he likes Declan, but Frank Saravalli uh, had a, an article and an interview, and he was talking about Mike Gillis, former Canucks GM, departing the NHLPA when his contract expires later in the month. And I said, innocently, like I always do, I'm never trying to stir anything because I can't cook. I said, new Oilers GM, question mark, just one question mark. There was no fury. There's no suck it. There was no anger in my tone at all. And out came the, what are you doing to us? What the hell? Why would you suggest this on a Friday? We got a four-game winning streak. Life is good. Why are you ruining it? I'm suggesting it because there's a new sheriff in town. And that's the truth. Jeff Jackson embraces analytics. One of the first hires was Michael Parcati. And in order for Percati, you know, I'm not going to tell you his background, but he's a very qualified guy in a lot of areas, including projecting the economy. Pretty big deal. He took the job. That means that there is something in place that would cause good people to want to go and work there. So what does that mean? That means that Jeff Jackson is going to hire a general manager who understands analytics and values it. We already know Brad Holland does. I don't know anything about Rick Pracy, the amateur scout, but I suspect he is steeped in in analytics as well as tea. This team, this organization is growing up, and it is a big damn deal. And I, 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 I have been very critical of Daryl Cates in the past, many times. I called him Batman for years, which was not kind, but I did it anyway. If Daryl Cates has turned the corner on analytics, that's huge. It is. You see what the Vancouver Canucks are doing right now? 
I mean, they did not look promising, and now they are. So when you when you talk about Mike Gillis, please go back and, and, and look at his record and the success that he had. Now, it always ends badly for GMs, unless you're Sam Pollock, and then your team gets bought out, you become filthy rich, move to Toronto, live in a skyscraper when you go to work and when you're not at work and make goodles of money. And so what you're, you know, helping out the baseball team, you're still making big money and you are the legendary general manager of all time in the National Hockey League. Everybody else, things go badly. Mike Gillis is is a legit candidate, in my opinion. I think Jeff Jackson would look at him as a legit candidate. And if it comes to pass that the Edmonton Oilers sign Mike Gillis as general manager. Remember, you heard it here first. No, you won't. But I say that because I think there could be a connection. He is he is volatile. He is his own man. And Daryl Cates is one of them. I think that would appeal to him. I'm not saying he's rogue. I'm not saying he can't talk to people. I'm saying he has his vision and... A lot of what he does makes sense. And if they have a strong analytics department, like right now, Parcati is likely suggesting sign Ethan Bear or trade for, you know, a, a two-way winger or whatever the case may be. But they're, they're going to be players that he's uncovered who maybe not are, are not expensive but are useful and are emerging in real time. And there are still some teams out there, i.e. the Edmonton Oilers, who are not aware of what they have and are not aware of why trading players would be a bad idea. Evan Bouchard. I don't think that's the case, to be honest with you. I think the orders have got this straightened away. So I make appearances about as often as Howard Hughes did. Maybe less often than he did because he had the spruce Groose thing and they had to have a press conference but I will be making a guest appearance next Saturday December 9th at the Bend Lounge okay and you can go there it's at 147th Street 40th Avenue they have a limited number of tickets available at the door they're $10 each 6p to close on December 9th at the Bend Lounge You're going to be able to bid on all kinds of auction items in support of youth hockey. One of them is joining me and Declan for a live in-studio on-air segment of one hour. Now, the mic won't be be corked for you for the entire hour. We have a preamble. The first segment will say hello to you. But the second and third, you'll get to chime in, and we can talk about what you want to talk about. As long as it's legal, ethical, and doesn't talk about Mrs. Andrews, uh, then we'll probably let you go ahead with it. Plus, you receive an autographed copy of Low Tide's new book, On the Clock. It's not new, but it's autographed if you want. The actual value is reduced when I sign it, just so you know. And that's next Saturday, December 9th at the Bend Lounge, 14743 40th Avenue. The good thing, and I'm going to tell you the thing that I would value the most if I was winning this prize, okay? You're going to be able to see how much verbal abuse Declan takes in an hour. When the mic is off, you're going to know the uneasy feeling that everybody who works with me has when I drop my glasses or forget when I come back from the bathroom to zip up. It's just going to be so engrossing and revealing for you personally. 
and it's it it's we're not we're not going to make it like gender specific could be anybody and the only thing we will not do is is uh anything like political or you know anything like that like if you've got a band that you love that you're in you could bring a song um it, like if you're starting a new religion probably not is there anything else that would be out of bounds declan for for people to come in like we don't if 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 well if, I would say, like, you've kind of made it seem like come in and take your shots at Declan and we'll all have a laugh. I would say, you know, well, take wait a minute. It That's what me. it is. Not, well, no, you know, it's got to be organic. Listen, it's got to be organic. You can't just come in here and take shots and give low tide a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hope to make him laugh. You got to have some. There's got to be some, you know, well, some it, sauce. The, to it. the show might not go that way. There are people out there who would probably like to do that to me, you know, maybe maybe that's how it'll end up being. Maybe me and me and them will turn on you. But that's okay. I, I, you know. Oh, see, you welcome it with open arms. I'm sitting here a little guarded. Uh, oh, that's what look, you're a better man I, than me. I look. Generally speaking, people irritate me. But what I do like is somebody who is a little bit witty, and I don't mind taking barbs and shots. Oh, okay. You know, thick skin. I like that. Well, I mean, you know, I don't mind either. I mean, listen, I sit here and take them from you all day. And you talked about if you want to come in here and see a you know, verbal assault during the show. If you guys really want to see it get bad, come in while we do our pre-show prep. Well, we, then maybe we should invite crazy. them in for that too. Oh, that, that, that'd be worth the, uh, yeah. that'd be worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. And it was, it's going to be fun. We're going to, we're going to have a good time, but I, I think there are things that should be off limit. You know, um, if you like, let's say you run a tire retreading service, we're probably not going to let you advertise all of your, you know, wares. Uh, but if you work for a, you know, a clothing store or whatever, I might ask you about that. And I think that is what you said, organic. Um, and if you work for a food place, it would be nice if you brought some in. That'd be great. Yeah. Don't, don't force anything. Just be, be, be yourself, be natural. Don't, uh, don't come in here and try and make it happen. Just let it happen is what I would say. So what you're worried about is whoever comes in here will be better than us. Oh, you think you're better than me? What was, is that Mandelbaum? (laughs) You think you're better than me? (laughs) <laughs> no, listen, I'm sure they will be, but, you know, keep it to yourself and, uh, you know, don't don't try too hard, <laughs> I'll say. I, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun time. Also, don't talk about my mom. What do you mean? Yeah, that, that one's off limit. What do you mean? <laughs> no one's allowed to talk about that. Well, you said it. You're the one who mentioned. You, I know. You, I just you, gave fuel to the fire. Mom but I gotta, equals Jennifer Aniston. You I gotta expect get people not now. to respond that? I got to get ahead of that now. I well, shouldn't have even said anything. It wouldn't wouldn't have been on anyone's mind. Bring three twenties and bribe the person who wins, and maybe they won't mention that you said your oh, mom looked like Jennifer Aniston. I might have to bring four or five twenties. Thirty years from now, it. that's going to follow you. That's one of those things that will never go away. So it's going to be on my tombstone. You're, it's like it's like the Rolling Stones satisfaction. Everybody still wants to hear it, and it yeah. was from nineteen. 65 can't believe that's what i'm associated with well i mean you did it to yourself i mean you know mrs andrews too and i like you you have interesting stuff and we have taken advantage of that and we pulled it from you not really you just told us but uh nhl rumors on the way at twelve forty declination with our friend uh declan and it's going to be greatest comebacks in sports history both on the field and then verbally i think is what i heard big mouth sports Steve Lansky is going to join us for In the Community. We're going to ask him, how do commentators and broadcasters get chosen? And um, usually what they do is they're, they're placed in a shell, and then if they begin to develop, they 
Anyway, Tata Uramchuk will be on 120. I'm going to ask him about, I did not listen to it, but somebody said he mentioned Warren Fogle as trade bait. I want to know about that. On the way next, though, it's NHL Rumors. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 with Rick James. And sometimes you might think, man, I wish I'd lived the life of Rick James. No, you don't. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, the same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. It's time now for hockey rumors. But before we do that, Declan, uh, you you were kind of crawling creepily into my follows uh, before the show, which is, I guess, the what you do. Um, and you found out some pretty famous names. I did. I did. So Tell for me anyone, about this. so yes, I mean, Low Tide, he pretty uh, aptly described it. I just went looking through his followers to see if there was anyone of note. No rhyme or reason, just wanted to see. One of them I found, Canadian icon, formerly of this hour, has 22 minutes in the Rick Mercer report. Rick Mercer himself. I'm so pleased. I love you. him. He's so good. Wow. I, so do you think he reads your articles? I have no idea. He must. Don't care. I don't know why he would follow me. Perhaps he's read some government document, but I'm very pleased he follows. And then another one is world-famous comedian, Theo Vaughn. Love him. Theo Vaughn. Yeah, he is one of my favorite comedians. He was in Edmonton last summer, I believe, for a comedy festival. Very funny guy. Has a podcast, I believe. This this past weekend is what it's called. Very, very funny guy. Multiple net, Netflix specials, and he follows you as well. well so I say you got to DM these guys, and we got to get them on the well, show. because that would That's what you do best. Good radio. You know, but I don't have access. It's your account. They follow you. They want to talk to you. They don't want to talk to you. Can you say I'm, I'm – because you've already climbed into my favorites or to my followers. Yes. I've, I've, I've accessed Low Tide's Twitter to ask you because he's too bashful. I could. I, I could. I mean, you'd have to give me some access to your account there, and that's a bit of a slippery slope. I don't know if you want to do that, but I'm, I'm happy many, to. Just looking at how many DMs I've had complaining about you to man – oh, there's just too many. Yeah. Yeah, that's – Oh, yeah, I can't have that. No, you can't read that. Well, you can delete them before I get a hold of it, right? Like, it's easy. Mm, don't know if I do. Okay. Yikes. Anyway. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers are, I think they are the story. Like, not just the good, which is recent, but the bad. Like, this is like, this is like if in 1967, instead of Sergeant Pepper, Lonely Heart Club's band... The Beatles released, I don't know, something truly awful. Like, I, I, I can't even think of anything any Beatle did that was really true. Well, George Harrison's Bangladesh wasn't great because his voice was gone. And John Lennon did some stuff in the early 70s that was good. Like, rock and roll was good, but it wasn't really a total album. And there were some McCartney clunkers too, but... I really liked Venus and Mars, and people don't like that album, and I love it. Getting Closer, My Salamander. Okay, that one. Remember that McCartney song? It's like that song instead of Sgt. Pepper. That's what it would be like. So. Nikita Zadorov has apparently been talking already about a contract. This is... uh, uh, Czech TV's Rick Dollawal, who's all over everything. He says that, uh, with, uh, Dan Milstein said that they'll sit down and exchange thoughts and hopefully there's a deal and they know the price. So that, 
I thought, you know, we haven't talked about that. Maybe you can let me know what you think, but I think the Flames didn't get much. You know, they, they made an early trade with Vancouver. They've already called up a guy they like, but just because you call up a guy you like doesn't mean that you have to get less than 100 cents on the dollar. I, Man, I'll tell you, if I'm the Oilers, I am calling about Tanev and I am calling about Ladar. And don't tell me they won't make a trade because they have in the past. The New Jersey Devils are expected to recall Simon Nemich, and they have good analytics, so he's ready. The young man the Flames recalled is Ilya Solovyov. So you can take that pronunciation to the bank. The Oilers were scouting Columbus, Montreal the other day, Montembeau versus Merz Lincolns. Can we just get a guy named Smith back here in goal, please? And Montembeau signed a contract with Montreal today, and that means that he will not be traded, or it's extremely unlikely they would do that to him. So what does that mean? Well, it, they might have been looking at Merz Lincolns. And Jack Campbell has played well. The Condors play again tonight. And there's no reason to call him up now because the owners don't play for a long time. But I heard Jason Greger saying that he felt that would be what's going to happen. I'm always wondering, because when, like, one of the indications that we've had that Ken Holland may not be the de facto GM as he would traditionally be was the firing of Jay Woodcroft. That's sort of a tell. So is sending Jack Campbell down. That's another tell. Because GMs who sign guys to $5 million times five-year contracts are hesitant to send them down because what does it mean? Say it out loud. Failure. It means a bet didn't work out. Don't like that. Now, I'm not saying Holland is too proud to do it. I'm saying it's unusual. So maybe he did that. And maybe he fired Jay Woodcroft. And maybe it is still his team. But I will be honest with you. I wrote about it in The Athletic today, uh, uh, the November review. Please read it if you get a chance because it's pretty wild. The numbers are are salacious. I'm not even kidding you. That's how incredible they are. They're, they're provocative squared. I don't know what the hell the owners were doing last month, but man, does it make for interesting reading. It, I mean, it's true. You... It, it, it's a mystery that that is wrapped in a riddle with, uh, I don't know, some really, really, really good candy coating around it at the end. What a story they were last month. I think the Edmonton Autos need a defenseman, a right-handed defenseman like Tanev. They need a goaltender like Vladar, and they need a two-way winger like Ivan Barbershev. They're not going to get all three. Maybe they can get somebody in-house like Philip Broberg. That would be a guy. So Pierre Lebrun reported that Patrick Kane could be moved at the deadline if Detroit doesn't hang on to their playoff contention. Pat Brisson, Kane's agent, and Wings GM Steve Eiserman discussed all possibilities prior to the deal. So I'll, I'll go there, but if you're not going to be competitive, then a trade is possible. 
I find that wild. Like this is slowly but surely, and you can, it's almost like unnoticeable unless you have nothing else to do and stare at news all day, which I do. Slowly but surely, the power of the player is becoming more prominent. You know, back in the day, a player signed this late because of injury, and you are there until we tell you're not there. I interviewed Terry Harper once, great Montreal Canadiens, Detroit Red Wings, L.A. Kings defenseman of yesteryear, of yore. And I asked him about what his contract life was as a player. And he said, well, once I played like one game in the Regina Pats system, like midget, bantam, his butt belonged to the Montreal Canadiens until they said, no, you're, you can't play for us anymore. And Harper was much maligned at the Montreal Forum, and he was a very good defenseman. When he came into the league, Bobby Orr was asked, who's your favorite defenseman? And he said, Terry Harper. Now, Harper was not a similar player to Bobby Orr, but who was? Can we do a poll, or do we have the capability of doing a poll? I could certainly throw one up on my Twitter, or you could. You well, know, why we don't you do throw it up like at your Twitter, okay. and then I'll retweet it. Okay. And it is, do you tune in to the lowdown for the content or for the typing? Okay. Okay, okay, I'm typing it up right now. now. Are you typing that now? Can yes, we hear it yes. being typed? Beautiful. It's just lovely. I bristle at Sam Pollock. Me too. Low Tide, you're going to make me say it. Vladar and Tanev retained to the oil for CC and Fogel, Broberg the first, and whatever else it takes. I don't care how much, corn oil. Mike Gillis was a train wreck in Vancouver. No, he wasn't. Mike Gillis, that Mike Gillis, I try not to be ageist, but he's on the wrong side of 65. Simply, this team needs young blood, Alex. Young blood. Remember that song? Yeah, not very common names, LOL. Look, anything I can't pronounce is not a common name and should be changed. I mean, I, I, Kruger is an all-day effort for me. Don't get any more complicated than that. Low Tide, will there be real swearing or cartoon swearing at this event? I don't know. I don't plan on doing any of it, and I still don't know what cartoon swearing is. is that like harumph? Is is like is a cartoon swear harumph? So someone described it to me as like Joe Pesci in Home Alone, like when he's like, oh, like that type of thing. yeah. Did you say hubba bubba? I think I might have yeah, a little bit. Like, no, I want gum. Yes, I can get you some. No, I, I don't right. need. Believe me, I don't need gum. A man my age shouldn't be chewing gum, even if his teeth aren't real. This is Dean, my friend. Hence why Al and I have never have been friends for 20 years. We're terrible to each other verbally. It's true. Because he's a loser. Low Tide, it sounds like your show isn't playing with a full deck. Sure. Declan has my respect for naming Malcolm in the Middle as his GOAT TV comedy. Well played. Damn it, LT, we're divided enough already. I mean, after all, we're Oilers fans, Jason and Leduc. 
I don't think it's a bad idea to bring in Mike. If they did, I'd, I'd, I'd write a nice article about it. I think he's an inspired choice. If we're going to drop our pants to get a goalie that may not pan out, it better be a team out of division so we don't get burned by this first-round pick year after year. Oh, <laughs> Oiler fans, they, they're so hopeful, you know? I mean, it, it is the, 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 the possibility that Reed Schaefer and the other pick that was sent away for, for uh, Ekholm biting the Oilers years from now is 80 to 90%. If Lavoie is trade bait, then Lavoie damn well better be up here the second he's gone. Here's a rumor for you. I don't know if this is true or not. I'm going to read it from Philip, but understand this is a this is an online rumor sent to a sports radio station. Marc-Andre Fleury's mask painter has been put on notice to be ready for a new mask in preparation of a potential trade. Teams he's been asked to draw, Edmonton, Tampa Bay, New Jersey, and Buffalo. Now, that's a made-up rumor, but it's a hell of a made-up rumor, and we applaud the creativity of it. Tanev, yes all day. He's perfect for this team. Right shot? Yes, yes, yes. That's why I suggested it. I sincerely want to learn a bit more about analytics. Please describe how analytics support the idea of sign Ethan Bear. Well, I can't on the radio, but if you go to Natural Statric, find Ethan Bear, look at his numbers, look at his relative numbers, and then do the same over at Puck IQ, within, I'd say, an hour, you'd be able to have a pretty good case to make for Ethan Bear. Yes, Darth Vladar and Tanev would be huge here from John. I think I might have pronounced Ladar wrong. <laughs> did you laugh? I did. We got a funny text in from Cam in a pizzeria. Tell me it. Ranked the loudest sounds ever measured. Crowd at the Oilers playoff game, 115 de- decibels. Lesser bulldog bats, 137 decibels. Howler monkeys, 140 decibels. Gunfire, 140 to 190 decibels. Declan typing. 250 <laughs> decibels <laughs> estimate. It's louder than a Neil Young guitar solo with Crazy Horse. Low Tide Friedman said the Auto Scouts were watching Columbus for two games. Looking at the Columbus depth chart and Spencer Martin. Thanks, Sonny in Vancouver. I like Spencer Martin, and he would not cost a lot. High risk, but I wonder if you get a defenseman as opposed to a goaltender. I think you need both, John. I really do. Orders don't seem to be missing Broberg, Holloway, and Lavoie from Randy. Well, they will because you need... I don't know why this is so hard to understand. You need guys making not much money to play in prominent roles. You know, if, if, if you know if James Hamlin is it, that's great, but chances are he isn't. And if you trade Warren Fogle, man, you, you have to, have to have Dylan Holloway play well. And if the third pairing continues to struggle, and they have in Kulak and DeHarnay then you need to slide in Broberg. It isn't a contest. It isn't like I have stood on this mountain and said horrible things about a player for a long time, and he hasn't done this yet, so I'll just continue to do it. It's not how it works. There shouldn't be an enemy on the Oilers roster if you're a fan. Are the Oilers a solid third line away from being a cup contender? Eh. I, th- I still think they need another goaltender and they need a right defenseman. 
All they need up front is a two-way winger. And, I mean, you know, if Connor Brown turns into that, great. What would the uh, Flames want that the Oilers would be willing to give? Well, the first-round draft pick in 2024, the second-round pick in 2024, the first-round pick in 2025, Xavier Borgo, Raphael Lavoie, Dylan Holloway, Philip Broberg, Warren Fogle, uh, anything that is inexpensive and not nailed down, basically, and draft picks. DeHarnay's speed or other lack of makes one wonder why Broberg isn't playing. Well, he does, he he you you can't get around DeHarnay. Even if he misses a step, he's a, he's a long fellow, and so that's you know that's why he keeps getting those minutes. Is and he's also really good on the penalty kill. Give Tide a pinch of big league chew from Scott. Double bubble is the best, guys. You know, like, I don't want to get into it, but LT, the typing. I know. I know. At night, when I'm trying to go to sleep, I hear it. And I look around. Where's Declan? It's just, it's in my brain, man. It's like, you could make a you could make a horror movie about this thing. You can't compare a proven top two D-man in Ekholm to a sub-900 backup Ladar. I didn't. Holland is doing a decent job. I think he's got us in a position to compete for the cup each year. Campbell notwithstanding, I do agree with you that Ladar would be good. Ken, I almost everything I've written about Ken Holland has been complimentary uh, over the years, or certainly more complimentary than the average thing that you would read. But uh, the the Jack Campbell signing and the length of the signing was, and he, he you know he said it previously that you know if you don't get the guy, then don't overspend on goaltending, and then he kind of did. So I think that is fair to criticize him. And as far as him, you know, not being re-signed, that's a Daryl Cates thing. And I think it might be a Ken Holland thing. I don't know if he wants to continue. Low tide on Zadarov uh, from a Flames fan. He's at best a number four or five. You love him one minute and hate him the next. He can make great boneheaded plays back-to-back, given the uh, trade zero to salary retention by the Flames. I still think they could have got more for him at the deadline. Okay, 12.39. We'll take a break. Loving the show, loving the comments. You're really bringing it today, and I appreciate that because it means less work for me, which is what we're all about. Declinations next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. You're listening to the Lowdown, powered by Wolf GMC Buick, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. It's Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger, and I went long last hour, the last segment. So I'm gonna, I'm just going to introduce this... Um, and and look forward to declinations, and I love the music, and I love your I love your concept today, and I'm intrigued by it. So, the floor is yours. Well, thank you. All right, let's get into it. Without further ado, the top five comebacks of all time, according to me. Number five, the Bruins and Maple Leafs, Game oh. Seven of the 2013 Eastern Conference quarterfinals. Down 4-1 with just over 10 minutes to go in the Golden. third period. Score two goals in the final minute and a half and obviously go on to win that game in overtime and thus winning the series because it was the pivotal Game 7. Uh, Joffrey Lupel famously tweeted after that game, that game will haunt me until the day I die, as it should. Because of that, it's number five. There was, uh, I think it was um, uh, Mikhail Grabowski who got bought out 
Like he got bought yeah. out. Oh my God! What the, yep. like the the carnage? Yep, I'm a Bruins fan. I loved it. Yeah, it was a great time to be a Bruins fan. And I mean, I could not imagine being in that building, being at the TD Garden there when oh, when they were winning that game. It must have been one of the most electric atmospheres. Ever. Bringing it up is just the best. Well, are you are you a little disappointed? It's only number five. No, I don't care. Okay. It's it's been mentioned. All right, good, good. Number four. The 2004 ALCS, the Red Sox were down 3 nothing against the New York Yankees. They come back to win. They go on to win the World Series. They break the 86-year curse of the Bambino, World Series champions immortalized in history forever. And since 1871, since the foundation of the league, there had never been a team that had come back from 3 nothing in that context. The Red Sox did it. They went on to win the World Series. Can I just say one thing? Yes. I'm not going to take over the show, I promise. No, but, no, please. Please do. Um, in the game, the pivotal game where they were down, uh, Dave Roberts stole second base, and I think he went to third on a wild throw. And I said I said to my wife and to my kids, not that they were listening, I said, if the Red Sox come back and win this World Series, that could be a key play. And in my mind, that was a key play. You manifested it. And you know what? That series, that I was about, I was like six, seven years old when that series was happening. Oh, And that was when I was first really kind of getting into sports and watching SportsCenter a lot. And I remember watching that on SportsCenter and realizing just how huge of a story it was and how monumental this comeback was. So it was something I saw from a very early age and it always stuck with me. Makes the list at number four. Beautiful. Number three, this game is known as the comeback. The AFC wildcard game. From 1993, the Bills were down 35-3 to in the third quarter against the Houston Oilers. They come back to tie it. They actually come back to lead at 38-35. Houston kicks a field goal, makes it 38-38. It goes into overtime. Our guy, our hero, our folk hero, Warren Moon, throws an interception in that overtime period. The Bills get it back. They march down, kick a field goal, win the game. Yep. I loved Warren Moon. I did not love that game. You know, there, a lot of people think there was a missed holding call on that interception, a missed defensive uh, defensive holding call on that, that interception. That can't be. It's the NFL, not the <laughs> CFL. Well, listen, I mean, the wide receivers get so much benefit of the doubt that I'm glad to, to see a DB win one for once. But that's my number three. They call it the comeback, you know? Yeah, yeah. Number two, Super Bowl 51. The Falcons are up 28-3 to on the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots march all the way down. Tom Brady leads the charge. They end up winning the game with with a James White touchdown in overtime. Julian Edelman makes one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history. And this was like social media was so prominent at this time. Twitter was writing the Falcons obituary. They had these guys dead in the water. The memes were running rampant. The you know, the Brady Belichick memes were were going off the rails and they rallied the troops. Brady he goes and does it again. He does what Tom Brady does. That's number 2. Number one, the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers coming back down from 3-1 in the NBA Finals, which had never been done before against the 73-9, thought to be immortal, Golden State Warriors. Oh, over to Iguodala. Back to Curry. Back to, blocked by James. And then Kyrie does the little sh- I messed up the call. Sorry, Mike Breen. And then Kyrie does the little shuffle, hits the three to, to have the dagger. There was also one. LeBron got it. He cut right across the high paint, caught it, and was about to dunk on Draymond Green. He, he ended up getting fouled and knocking down one of the free throws. But if he had finished that dunk on Draymond Green, it would have been one of the most legendary moments in sports history. Of course, they complete the comeback. Cleveland, this one's for you, according to LeBron James. They did it. The, gr- the greatest comeback in sports history, by my estimation. And Le- LeBron was 
I think there was no doubt LeBron was one of the all-time great players in NBA history, but I think that series win, what he was able to do to rally that team to come back, win one for Cleveland after he left for Miami, I think that one put him in the Jordan conversation. I think that one put him in the same the same tier as Michael Jordan and immortalized him forever. Okay. Can I have one? Yeah, of course. All right. This one hurts. And McCurdy, if you're out there, no chiming in from the peanut gallery. I was a young, young person, but I was all in on Bobby Orr and the Boston Bruins. It was April 8th, 1971. The It was the opening round series, quarterfinals back then. The Bruins won game one, three, one, and things were looking good. In game two, which was played at the Garden, Cornwall scored early, and then the Oilers, or the, the Bruins, Oilers, Cornwall scores early for Montreal, then the Bruins score five in a row. Bobby Orr, Ted Green, Johnny McKenzie, Wayne Cashman, Derek Sanderson. It is later in the second period, 5-1 for the Bruins. And then Henri Richard scores at 15-33 at the second. And then the third period, are you ready for this? Jean Beliveau, Jean Beliveau, Jacques Lemaire, John Ferguson, who was done from John Beliveau, and then Frank Mahovlich from Phil Roberto. And they won that game, and then they eventually won the series. If they'd won that game, the Bruins, they would be up two Cobb, and they would have won. So, so bad. So bad. You do a good job on these, by the way. Yeah, thank they you. Are, they are thought-provoking, and they bring back wonderful memories. You know, naturally, I do research, but I try and really do ones that come to my mind first. I want them to be true to what I think. I don't want to just, like, regurgitate some list I find somewhere out there on the Internet. I want it to be what I think of when I think of these things. So, yeah, I try to make them all personal. So, do we understand the word research? I mean, for me, research is where you, you know, like lawyers have to research, you know, previous law. And that would take like hundreds of hours potentially. Not by them, but by the the law office. They would have people that would do that. Paralegals, that sort of thing. Yes. So when you say, I looked online for an hour, is that research? Or is that just looking? I guess it's probably just looking, but I, th- I don't think re- I think research can be subjective. I don't think it has to have an umbrella term that one thing is qualified as research and something isn't. I think research can be done on different levels. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think the, I think it sounds better, and I'm all for it. Whatever sounds better, I would like if people could just chime in at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. What constitutes research? The play is to get Gibson and Henrique out of Anaheim. Uh, a lot of money. Ladar has an 883 percentage this season. 897 over his career. No thank you. Ladar is a good goaltender. He is. Last three years, five on five save percentage. He's good. Benny Botts, if we were to play a drinking game where you drink every time Low Tide brings up Vladar, Tanev, and Barbashov, we'd all be loaded. Okay. Then I'm, my work is done here. How do you sl- slide in a guy like Broberg when he can't do the job? That's not true. His numbers, his underlying numbers are very good. 
He's one of, I think, four defensemen who's at 50% in goal share at 5-on-5 since the coaching change. It's CC we need to replace. I don't know that it is. I'm going to say that I I would I would prefer CC Bouchard and Tanev to Tanev Bouchard and Deharnay. That's just me. All the coaches that came through here all see something in these players they should we should be playing, but they're not agree or disagree. I don't know. I, it's pretty early for the new coach. He's just going with what works. And I mean, I I appreciate Deharnay and the penalty kill. I just think that that. That that third pairing needs a little help, and I don't think they're going to trade Kulak. We're going to talk to our friend Tyler Uremchuk an hour too, and we're going to find out. And I'm going to ask Steve Lansky some questions that were sent in by listeners. Todd, I'm loving how many times I've heard you name Marty Reisner this week. All-time favorite. Marty Reisner, you kids out there, Marty Reisner is a guy you should remember because... Reasoner was placed on waivers by the Oilers. And after he got waived, he had a change in attitude and a change without the change in latitude. And uh, he, he, he bought in in a way that Mark Pouliot never did, for instance, based on reporting. And Marty Reasoner became, I think, a mentor to a lot of young players like Pisani and Rafi Torres and Jarrett Stoll. And when they traded him at the deadline, I, I flinched. You know how you flinched? You know how sometimes you flinch? Wait, sorry, was this one of those rhetorical questions? Or like well, sometimes you do was, that and you kind of keep going? It was sort of a rhetorical, but I don't mind you sliding in if you want to give us the definition of flinched. Uh, well, I would say, you know, without looking it up here, flinch is a body reaction. Yes. For, That's like a jump surprise, back. Surprise, yes. pain, fear trepidation i get a lot of that happens when i'm speaking to managers in meetings they they anticipate me saying anything and flinch i can see it please don't say the bad thing so i get invited to less meetings now than i ever have (laughs) and i do not regret a thing For anyone not understanding the value of DeHarnay, is there another D-man on the Otis can play both sides of the ice at the same time? He's a monster. He is an actual condor. I've never seen a, a team recall a condor from the condors before the Oilers did that with Vincent DeHarnay. Spencer Martin has looked good for a time. He looked good in Calgary. Zadorov had a dressing room issues, according to the panel last night. You know, what I that always happens after a guy leaves. You know, like I assure you that in my life I have not badmouthed anybody after they're gone or after I've left. And you know why? Because it's unseemly. If you didn't say it to them when they were there, then you shouldn't say it out loud afterwards. You know, I can tell you, I really like Declan. I don't know if Declan likes me, but I like him. 
I like a good you. guy. You say that now. No, I like you. But I would also tell you, I a year ago, even six months ago, I worked at another place, and I love everybody there. Great people there. I mean it. You know, the, you. it's possible to not work for a company or people and still get along with them. It is possible. Not everything has to be a train wreck. Not everything is like a hill you die on. Sometimes happens. How did you miss the autos come back against Dallas Stars back in the day? Half the building was on their way home already from Sean. Well, it's his personal recollection. How old were you in 97? Depends what month might not have even been born. There you go. Imagine having Zadorov and DeHarnay on the same pairing. Yes, you'd never get the puck out. Any search for facts and information is research. I don't agree. I, I think there are there are cursory glances. There's a look. There's I spent an hour. And then if you're if you're like four weeks in, I think that's research. Like if you're writing if you're writing something for your degree, if you're right if you are you you are sitting down and you're writing a missile. Like you're writing something that exactly needs all of your attention for a long period of time. Like for weeks. Let's say three weeks. I think that might be research. If you're in a law office and your boss comes over and said, I'm looking for a precedent for this. We need to find this. Go look. That's research. I don't think that, you know, learning to spell 10 words is research. Research can be generalized. There are different levels of in-depth research. How can there be different? How can there be? What? Well, I different don't know. levels like, of in-depth research makes no sense. Then why even bother saying in-depth? This is I don't. I just feel like if you're playing, like that's like saying if you're playing in the NHL versus playing at the ODR with three of your friends, you're not playing hockey. Like there are different levels to things. Okay, we're going to end <laughs> this because I'm just done with the entire conversation. In-depth research. All right, this is the, on the way. We've got Lansky, we've got your M. Chuck, and we're not talking about research. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440.